Welcome to Farm Chica's next podcast focusing on the quince. Quince is a tough fruit, not well known, and often hard to come by if you don't know anything about it. From the ancient city of Smyrna, Turkey, I'll walk you through some ancient history of the quince and why it's such a great fruit to add to any farm, homestead, or backyard. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. So quince, an ancient fruit. This is a prized fruit grown all across Turkey and to Southeast Asia, grows on small trees and is relatively related to apples and pears, but lacks their immediate edibility and appeal. Yes, eating a Fresh quince off the tree is not a good idea. It's definitely not sweet and it's not rewarding until you cook it. And the fruit is kind of ugly. It's knobbly with irregular shape and sometimes a gray fuzz on it, especially if it's picked underripe. However, the ripest, nicest quince will have a golden tone and smooth skin. And even ripe quince, you do not want to eat raw. You definitely want to cook it. It's also extremely tough and has like a spongy flesh, which is difficult to cut up. So be careful when you're attacking those quince when you're getting ready to cook them. You want to be careful with your knives and make sure you don't cut your fingers, which I have done before. The origin of the Spanish word for our membrillo quince comes from the name of the quince tree branches. So when the branches are new, they're tender, flexible, and highly resilient, just like membre, which means wicker in English. Membrillo is the diminutive of membri. And quince has always been known for its medicinal properties all the way to ancient Babylon. The Greeks grew a common variety of quince um, in the city of Sidon and Crete, and hence, it was very sacred to Aphrodite, the goddess of love and fertility. According to many different sources, Greek brides chewed on a piece of quince to get sweet-smelling breath before entering the bridal chamber. Who would have thought? The Romans had similar beliefs in their, um, similar to the Greek tradition. Um, the goddess Venus holds a quince in her right hand. And after any bridal ceremony, it was known that a couple would be given a quince to dine in on it in a symbol of good luck and fertility. And after the discovery of methods of preserving foods and sugar, etc. in the 4th century AD, there were some Romans that decided to play around with baking quince um, in different honey strips. And they found as early as the 7th century, they're definitely starting to emerge recipes for jellies prepared with quince juice and honey began to be part of a staple in the culture. In the Middle Ages, quince was highly valued. It was served at many tables of monarchs and aristocrats who ate it at banquets and luxury culinary events as a sign of greatness and wealth. Nostradamus even left written recipes for quince in his book. Also, the Arabs were known to value this fruit and recognized its medicinal 
value. And today, many artisanal creators and definitely chefs, chefs across the world have kept the traditionals of keeping that past alive. And there are lots of things out there where you can buy membrio, aka quince paste, in many different forms. And even in preparation for this podcast, I was looking at different recipes and they even have quince paste with oranges, with fructose, with chocolate, and mixed with other fruits. So it is no doubt that this fruit has a long history in ancient civilization. The fruit has been widely disseminated in artistic drawings as well as paintings and mosaics at the lost city of Pompeii, Italy. And even through the ancient Greeks had developed and crafted quince with exceptional quality in the types of trees that they began to favor. Some modern Bible translations claim that Adam tasted in the Garden of Eden the fruit of an apple, but more likely it was either a quince or fig, but you can hear more about that in the Forbidden Fruit of my other podcast focusing on apples. So research scientists throughout the years have hybridized many new cultivars of quince that are definitely different in characteristics of the wild seedling quince trees that may existed in ancient civilizations. There's also a new hybrid quince cultivar that turns orange when ripe. And actually this fruit will emit an agreeable fruit fragrance and it can actually be eaten raw. It's a lot um, sweeter than the traditional cultivars of quince. Other quince cultivars, Sidonian oblonga, actually can grow up to 35 feet, similar to some trees in California today. And so many early settlers of the United States planted the seeds of European quince, such as this in their gardens. The quince has always been prized used to make jellies, jams, pies, paste, uh, mainly because they have a high pectin value. So before commercialized pectin, which we use in our jams and jellies today, and a lot of fruit, if cooked down enough, will definitely thicken up. But a lot of fruit um, recipes for jams and jellies need some type of pectin content. And quince just naturally has pectin in it with its high content value. So it's an easy ingredient to add to any other fruit recipe without overpowering the taste and adding that pectin value, which allows it to gel up nicely. Quince trees have always been favored historically because they're remarkably free of disease and insect pests. These trees are very adaptable. They grow in a range of different soil types and temperatures, and they really withstand a lot of cold damage in growing zones five through nine. And they can actually be um, adaptable to any temperature um, uh, negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit, which I think is pretty incredible for a fruit tree, especially something that's grown in the Middle East and more warmer temperatures. So it's pretty adaptable. What's also really nice about quince trees is they don't require any cross-pollination. They actually are self-pollinating. And also the quince flowers that blossom in late spring after leaves form are pinkish white and have a really pleasant fragrance. Quince fruit have also been shown to contain healthy minerals such as potassium, potash, phosphorus, and is actually high in vitamin C and B2. The medicinal qualities of quince have been appreciated to be true since ancient times. Actually, Shakespeare wrote that quince was the stomach's comforter. In today's world, quince is still highly valued for pies, jellies, jams, marmalades, even flavorings for ice creams and cakes. And most trees today are grafted quince trees, which are highly reliable for providing quality fruit and need little care or attention 
and they'll survive in low temperatures except in every state in the United States except Alaska. So I think this is a really good addition to anyone's farm or homestead and I'll talk a little bit why they're so great when you finally cook them. So the secret rewards to quince are is that the first clue that quince is just this awesome fruit is that if you leave a quince on a sunny windowsill, it will slowly release a delicate fragrance of aromas such as citrus, apple, vanilla. It's a heavily perfumed scent that is definitely odds that it's weird per, per appearance. It's an interesting looking fruit. It's not necessarily that pretty. And then if you pill a quince and hack it up and cook it, then those scents blossom into a really nice um, magic smell that we know as quince. And it goes from a yellow white to a deep rosy pink. So once that quince is cooked, it's soft and tender, usually with a really lovely syrup from the cooking process. Um, you can eat the fruit straight at this point. It definitely tastes better than a raw quince. Um, you can pour it over yogurt, bake it into a tart, make a bread, make a sweet spicy paste, as we know in Spain as membrillo, which I have done. It pairs magnificently with any kind of hard cheeses, such as manchango. Um, it goes with any charcuterie board. Um, I just came from Napa and this was a great addition to my crackers and my goat cheese and my main chingo. It was absolutely delicious and it's really easy to make. Um, also, you can make uh, sorbet and other desserts with it as well. So why don't we eat more quince and why is it such a lost kind of fruit and it's not nearly as popular as apples of pears? Well, of course, the work of cooking them is also part of this. Um, the fresh fruit phenomenon in the 20th century where people were favoring fresh fruit right off the tree. You can eat apples and pears, quince. You can if you have a certain cultivar, but it still doesn't taste the same thing as an apple or pear. It's going to be sweetless. And so why even grow these, this type of fruit if it's not sweet? Um, so of course we've chose convenience over flavor in our fruit. So it makes sense that quince are semi forgotten and unpopular. Um, and historically because they were often found on homesteads or farms to add to jams or jellies because they have that high pectin content with the commercialization of pectin and you being able to go get the sure gel nowadays at the store. They're less and less common, and it's just less um, of something that people think of today. Most people that I've talked about quince don't even know what a quince is, and actually a lot of people may know what membrillo is, and they're familiar with the paste, but they may not know that it comes from a quince. And as I read online, uh, people who really love quince are going to put in the work of picking that fruit and uh, working through pilling and chopping it, simmering it down, and taking that ugly bell to the ball and making it absolutely beautiful. It's almost like a pleasure from the transfer transformation of this really ugly, um, unsightly fruit that smells amazing, but really doesn't taste like much raw, but then taking it and processing it into something that makes it so appealing today. So just quince, not only can they taste amazing, but just again, they're rich in nutrients. Um, they have very few calories per fruit. So for any normal size quince. They have less than 50 calories. They're high in antioxidants and some studies have shown that they help with nausea. It can help with digestive issues and may support your immune system. Hence why the ancient civilizations looked to them for medicinal properties. 
So what to do with all that fruit once you find it? Surprisingly, maybe at a farmer's market or a grocery store if you're growing it yourself. Um, what do you want to do with it? Well, there's lots of ways to process it. Um, don't eat it raw. You're definitely going to need to put some work into those hands and, and take that ugly fruit and make it into something beautiful tasting. Some easy ways is you can just um, cut it and take out the core and you can actually bake it in the oven um, and just put a little bit of um, white sugar um, with some cinnamon and melt some butter and mix those together and kind of pour it over the quince um, with a little bit of lemon or orange juice and just bake them um, for a bit um, in a well-heated oven, either 375 degrees Fahrenheit or 190 degrees Celsius. Bake them for 40 minutes and you get a baked quince. It's a good way to um, get out that fresh aroma and really uh, make it tasty. Quince jelly is my absolute favorite because it's high in pectin. You don't need to add anything. You literally just use the fruit water and just a little bit of sugar um, to, to work through that fruit. It is a, a multi-step process when cooking quince in this way. And so you'll want to cut up the quince um, and put it in a large stock pot with a thick bottom. Add water, um, just enough to cover the pieces of the fruit. And you basically cook the quince until it's soft and you can add different things in here. And so I actually have a quince cider going right now. And what I did is I added a little bit of lavender and a little bit of orange peel at this stage where I'm cooking it down and simmering it. And then once I mash all that quince through and I get the juice, the juice is infused with some of those flavors. And so you'll want to cook that down 45 minutes to an hour. You can put it in a crock pot overnight. Just make sure you put it on low because if it's too high, it'll definitely burn it and you don't want that burning taste. And so basically this is a good way to start um, either to make quince paste or if you want to make uh, quince jelly or in my case I just got some of the juice and I'm making some cider. So once that's all cooked down you'll um, put it over a sieve or any kind of um, I guess butter muslin cloth or any kind of cheesecloth that's really thick. You'll mash it down with the potato masher that works greatly and you'll get um, just a nice um, juice out of that. Now, if you do want to make the quince paste, you're actually going to use the fruit. And so my thing is um, when I'm making cider or anything, I'm, I'm not as uh, conservative with the types of fruit pieces that I'm putting in because I know that the seeds aren't going to get through my fine mesh sieve. But if you are going to make the quince paste, you just want to um, make sure all the seeds and everything are out of um, your cooked um quince when you're cooking it you want to make sure you don't have those things in there and so you're just going to get everything um, out strained from that pulp uh, for the juice um, and you're basically going to use that juice add sugar you don't need pectin um, and then you're going to make your jelly and then you're going to put that in sterilized jars and that's going to be your quince jelly and it it, it um, thickens up pretty quick so for about three and a half pounds of quince um, that you've quartered and um cleaned up, you want to have about seven cups of water. And then um, based on the extracted juice that you get, um, for every four cups of juice, you'll want to add about a cup of sugar for every four cups juice. That's about how much sugar you need for it. So if you are going to make that quince paste, again, just make sure when you put all the pieces of fruit into this heavy stock pot covered with water, that you are not including the seeds and you're just making sure those are the nice pieces of the fruit. Um, in that, I usually put in um, some vanilla and some lemon zest and a little bit of lemon juice just so it gets that flavor as I'm cooking it down. Um, so for every four pounds of quince, just cover it with water 
I'll make sure it's cored and, and nice and boiling. And after you do that, you want to either take an immersion blender or put that in a food processor or blender and make the puree. Um, and then basically you heat that puree with about, um, if you start with the four pounds of quince, then about four cups of sugar. I always say a cup of sugar per pound. Um, so then you take that puree, put that into a large pan and add a little bit more lemon juice if you need to. And then the sugar and you kind of just cook that down until it's thick and pink. It's kind of really easy to see. It goes from like a yellow color to a rosy, beautiful color. Um, you can put this in the oven to dry, like at a very low kind of dehydration uh, temperature. I usually just line an eight by eight baking pan with parchment paper. Um, and I grease it just with a little bit of butter and I pour the quince paste into the parchment lined and I kind of just put it in the refrigerator for about 24 hours and then I take it out and it's really thick. I mean, it thickens up really quick and then I cut it into squares um, and I um, vacuum still those in my food saver and I put them in the freezer or I put them in the fridge and I enjoy them with um, some nice manchango cheese and maybe some soppressata or just some really great Tapa-like charcuterie is, uh, really pairs really well with this membrillo paste. So another fun recipe that I have going right now, as I mentioned earlier, I have a quince cider going. It's so easy. You follow the same process um, as you would the jelly. And just with the fruit juice, I literally take it and add some cider yeast to it. I don't even add that much sugar um, because quince is not as sweet as like apples. I, I add maybe like a quarter cup of sugar just so the yeast has a little bit more energy and food because again, the yeast is going to feed on the sugars and it's going to release ethanol, which is the alcohol. And so right now I have one going and it's showing about 6% ABV, which is pretty good for a cider. Um, so I'll just let that sit for like two weeks um, and maybe rack it once, maybe kind of just leave it and then... Um, I'll put it in some bottles, some cider bottles, and I'll back sweeten it with an ounce of sugar um, that I, I kind of make a simple shirt, a, um, syrup with on the stove. I take the ounce of sugar, ounce of water, cook it down, make a syrup, pour it in there. And the only reason I do that when I put that in the bottling is because I want to create carbonation. I do it the natural way. I don't put in any CO2 into my type of ciders. And then I bottle it let it sit for two weeks. And then I take a huge stock pot, specifically my canning pot, get it to 180 degrees, take it off. I stick those bottles in there, cover them with the lid um, and put my timer on for 10 minutes. And this is called pasteurization. I'm stopping the yeast um, from continuing to ferment. Um, and I stop my um, whole process and it keeps the level of carbonation and I have a nice cider. So I'm excited and I'm going to probably let it age a little bit longer because cider is just like it's basically a, a simple wine. You want to let them age a little bit. So I'm excited about how that's going to come out. And so I'm excited um, to share some of these recipes with you all today. Well, thank you for listening to Farm Chica. I hope that I inspired you and demystified what a quince is and I hope I inspired you to either make some membrio paste or do something cool with quince or add it to your farm homestead or backyard um, it really is an easy fruit to grow and it's a pretty awesome fruit to add to a lot of things so I hope that you enjoyed this podcast focusing on quince and I hopefully you'll try it out someday have a good one and thanks for supporting this awesome podcast